Yes, Christmas is coming, but why do we have what we have with Christmas? What is it that Jesus came to do? And I want you to take a look at this uh, video of this upcoming series that we're going to uh, be talking about over the course of the next few weeks. Go ahead, if you would, please. So we want you to know that you have something to invite your friends to this whole Christmas season, all right? And there's going to be special themes with each of these messages that we talk about. We're going to talk about hope of God, the, the love that comes, the peace that comes. We're going to talk about how God is working all things, you know, together for our good. And, and hopefully you can uh, see how that will be beneficial for some people within uh, the community to hear and be part of. So the thing is, is that Jesus came, but why did he come? Do we know why he came? We, how many of you remember that old song that says, Born to Die? It's kind of a morbid type of thought, right, when you think about it. But, but that's what he did. He came and he was born to die. So we're going to talk about the, the dying part a little bit here today as we receive communion at the end of the service. And I want you to get your hearts and your minds ready to realize that, that in this spirit of thanksgiving, that you can have no really true thanksgiving without someone else's sacrifice. So I want to sacrifice to a level that takes me to a whole new level of my thankfulness. And hopefully you'll be able to do that with me as well today. Let's pray. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory and honor because you have given us this breath to breathe, a heart that beats, a soul, God, that has been set free from the bondage of sin. And I give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. I ask you, Lord, to take this word to allow for it to be illuminated to our hearts and to change us and to truly get us ready. God, for what you have for us in the days ahead. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. So the theme or the title of this message is this, Sacrifice that Brings Thankfulness to a Whole New Level. In the society in which we live, the culture in which we live, sacrifice is not something that's talked about a whole lot. It certainly isn't looked upon as something that is going to be rewarding. But I want you to know that sacrifice that Jesus did for us upon the cross is not one time event, but it's something that's continued on and on and on. Now, I find it interesting, as many of you probably do as well, that we, and not only we, but many people who are not even Christians, wear this emblem of the cross around their neck. Now, the cross is significant of what? Crucifixion, right? It's significant of someone who is being 
being put upon a cross and dying for a punishment. It could almost look like something that had been failed. All right? Jesus came on a mission in order to save the world, but people thought that he failed because he died on the cross. And yet we walk around as Christians and as unbelievers with this cross on our neck and at various places. Now, how many of you think that it would be inappropriate to walk around with, a, with an electric chair hanging around your neck? I mean, just a little emblem of it. You know what I'm saying? Or, 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 or how about a noose? Right? How about, you know, uh, you know a needle or something like that, that that talks about injections, talk about the way in which people were persecuted or were killed. None of those things are what we would have as an emblem around our necks. But guess what? We do wear a cross. We wear a cross. Why a cross? Why is the cross so significant? Because without the cross, without the sacrifice, we couldn't be thankful. We could not experience the thankfulness and take us to a new level, unlike the rest of the world. Now, the world wears it, and they don't have an understanding for it. I heard over and over again on the television in different places people talking about why they are thankful. And these individuals, some of them not having any kind of indication whatsoever that they're living for the Lord, but I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for that. And everybody's thankful for something. I wonder who they're thankful to. I wonder who they're thankful to. It's, uh, I, I'm, am I just thankful? I mean, usually when you're thankful to somebody, when someone's done something for you, there's an object of your thankfulness. There's someone whom you come to and say, without you, I would not be able to receive this benefit that I have today. And yet our world just thinks they can have this ambiguous idea of I'm just thankful without having the to who. I want to tell you something today. Jesus was real in, in, as he walked upon the face of the earth. He's real today as he lives within my heart. His spirit is right now flowing and working all across the face of the land and all across the surface of the land. His spirit, though it moved in the creation process, did not quit moving all, all along the face of, and the surface of the earth. Listen, God still is doing something today. Amen. He's alive and well. The Spirit of the Lord said to us a few moments ago through, through a prophetic word. He says, listen, I am the one true God. I want to take a look at six ways that sacrifice will bring us to a whole new level of thankfulness. All right. So just hold on. We're going to move through these really quick. I want to ask you this question. What sacrifice? What do you think sacrifice will do in your life and in the world in which you live? I'm suggesting to you today that if we can truly understand sacrifice, it'll bring us to a whole new level of thankfulness. And certainly Romans chapter 12 will be true where it is without reason. All right. It's reasonable that we should be able to worship him. The very first thing is this sacrifice means that you look out for the needs of others, even when you are hurting. That's what Jesus did. We're going to take a look at some of the scriptures where he was on the cross. And in John chapter 19, one of the first verses that we're going to take a look at here today. And uh, my TV didn't get set, but that's all right. John chapter uh, 19, verse 26 says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciples, here is your mother. And from that time on, the disciple took her into his home. 
What's going on here? Jesus is on the cross. He's already uh, been paying the price. He's been beaten. He's been whipped. And he looks down and he sees his mom. He sees someone who's going to be in need without him being there. And he looks at one of his disciples, the one in which he loves, and he says, oh, by the way, I need you to do something for me. I'm here on this cross. I'm experiencing this torture. I've got these pegs that are in my wrist. I've got this, this, this peg. I've got this steel nail that's within my feet. I can hardly breathe. I've been beaten until I'm, I'm within an inch of death. I mean, there, there's no reason why I should still be here. But guess what? I am concerned about my mother. I'm concerned about somebody right now. And you might think, well, he's concerned about all creation. He was willing to offer his life. But in the natural, in the physical, I want you to know that God does not close his eyes to your pain. You see, he can experience sacrifice, and he could still be concerned about what's going on in your life. His sacrifice was to be able to help you to be able to get over. Instead of focusing upon himself, he found a way to focus upon others. I wonder as I think about the things that I'm thankful for and I think about sacrifice, I wonder if I am living at that particular level. I wonder if as I'm trying to be a disciple of his, a follower of his, trying to do things the way in which he did them, am I in my pain? Am I in my sorrow? And am I in my uh, tragedy and my adversity feeling a, a concern for somebody else or am I instead wanting to draw attention to my pain? Draw attention to, to my, how bad things are going for me. You know, everybody has a story. Everybody has something that's going on that hasn't gone right. And sometimes if you found out, we, we, we kind of get together from time to time, and we share these tales of woe. We share these stories that, that kind of help people to kind of feel for us. Well, you know, I, you, I thought I had it really bad when I was going through whatever you were going through. When you lost your job or, and, and, and the car ran out of gas and the washer, bro the washer broke and, and on and on. But then all of a sudden someone else will come back in with another story. And they'll say, well, I was thinking I really had it bad. You know what I'm saying? We tell the stories of woe rather than the, the stories of victory. But I want to tell you something. Sacrifice is something that will help you. Jesus said, listen, if you want to take your thankfulness to a whole new level, then how about being concerned about somebody in your sacrificial moment or in your moment when you're offering yourself, you know what, and you're saying, I'm going to do this. Some people have got a wrong idea of sacrifice, all right? Listen, if you are a millionaire, to give someone $100 isn't too sacrificial. But with you, instead, have very little. You've got not a meal. You don't even know how you're going to prepare a meal and buy groceries for your next meal for your family. And you give a dollar, guess what? It's sacrificial. You're like, it, it doesn't even make any sense. A hundred to one. But listen, it's about what you have left over. It's about what you're willing to do. And we know in 1 Kings chapter 17, there was a time when God used Elijah. And he showed up there at this, this, this widow doorstep, and, and she didn't have much money left. There was a famine that was happening in the land, and we know that she basically said, listen, I, I don't have very much, and he said to her the very first thing, give me something to eat. And she said, I, I don't have anything, only enough for me and my son. I'm going to make one last meal, and then I'm, we're going to go out, and we're going to die. He says, give me something to eat, and surely the blessings and the rewards of the Lord will come to you. 
And he, he said that, and guess what? She believed him. In her need, all right, in her need, she gave. She sacrificed. She saw to the needs of somebody else, and she believed a promise. And I'm telling you, the promise is still true today. Listen, you don't have to be concerned about the resources that you have or that you don't have, all right? When you got God on your side, you've got all the resources that you need. You don't have to worry about the sacrifices. You just got to be willing to do it. David knew when he was a king and he had an opportunity to offer an offering to the Lord. He said, listen, someone was wanting to give him an offering. They wanted to give him something to be able to offer to the Lord. He says, I will not give to the Lord something that doesn't cost me something. He says, it's, it's gotta, I've got to feel the sacrifice. I've got to feel the pain of it, all right? The second thing that sacrifice does for you and for me and for the world is sacrifice means that you will experience dry times. John chapter 18, verse 28, just continuing on in the same text, he says this, Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. And a jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. I want you to know it's, it, was, it was really a pretty morbid scene that was going on there. He shouldn't even be alive at this particular point in time. But after everything was done, after he had satisfied everything that needed to happen, all right, up until that point, anything that was prophesied, all right, uh, that, that, that the Messiah was going to have to do so that our sins could be taken away, all right, he had offered himself as a sacrifice. He finally says, I am thirsty. May I suggest to you today that if you're going to live a life of sacrifice that's going to help other people that live to a whole new level of thankfulness, then guess what? You've got to get prepared to be a little thirsty. You've got to get prepared to be a little bit uncomfortable. And, and you know what? It's okay for you to off and to say it. It's okay to say, I am weary. I am feeling like I'm a little bit down. God's not asking you to, for you to be something that you're not, all right? He's not asking you to be fake. We are a real people serving a real God making a real difference amen you've got some real issues i've got some real issues but guess what as i walk through this dry and thirsty land listen i've got something that i have to give it just might cost me something that's going to make me a little uncomfortable but that's okay what they offered to jesus was something that was similar or symbolic of basically a pain medication of a sense. It was nasty in its taste, they would they would said, and but it was something that allowed for uh, him to take away the pain, and he turned his head, even though he was thirsty. He said, uh-uh, I need to feel this to the fullest extent. Some of us, we just want to give in way too easy. Some of us are looking for the way out. We've heard things, false Doctrine, false communication. Someone has told you, you've listened on to it at a TV somewhere, that you know what, when you accept Jesus Christ, get ready for the easy life. I mean, your children, they're just going to fall in line. I mean, you're never going to have a problem with the house payment. You're never going to have a problem with the car payment. You're always going to have gas, right? I should say fuel. you got to say that right, all right? That's <laughs> a gaff. All right, a gaff. All right, I'm sorry. Sometimes you hear things that come out of your mouth and you, you, you realize it. Okay. But here's the deal. You know, not everything is always going to be perfect and rosy. 
As a matter of fact, if you are going to live for God, you are going to be thirsty. You are going to be dry. You are going to feel abandoned at times. And that's why he tells us in his word, he says, I have not forsaken you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you always, even until the very end of the age. That's what he says to us. You can count on it. He's there. Listen, this world in which we live, they don't understand what it means to sacrifice. They look for the easy way out. Sacrifice isn't supposed to be pleasant. It's supposed to make you feel a little drained. It's supposed to mean a little bit to you. That's why when we see people trash over privileges that have been given to them, when we see people who don't respect America or respect people who are willing to lose their life so we can have these freedoms, it irritates us so. You know what I'm saying? It irritates us. It drives us crazy. But, but Jesus knew about those people. He knew that those people were going to be just like that. And he says, guess what? I will sacrifice and experience this pain so that they who do not even receive it with the right respect can still receive it. Wow. We just all we got to do sometimes is just shake our head and walk away, right? I mean, come on. How, how, how can anyone do that? Third thing about sacrifice I want to tell you today is sacrifice is the means for you to fulfill your intended purpose in the world. Why was Jesus coming to earth? To teach us? To heal? To feed? To calm the storms? I mean, wh what kinds of things did he come to do? To establish a new government? To make your kids perfect? To make your marriage perfect? How many of you know that, that while he, those are some really neat things that he helps with, those are not the main reason why he came. You see, in Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, it says this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to be served, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Go to the scripture verse, if you would, please. I want you to see something here. Next slide, if you would. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. And with this, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. He gave up his spirit. Why? Because he came to die so that all of your sins could be washed away. His purpose was to be ransom for many. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, says the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. You know what the devil's work is? To lie to us and to make us think that God does not exist. But we find that in Hebrews eleven six that if we will believe that he exists, amen, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. We find that it's impossible to please him without that, all right? But in John three sixteen he says this, for God so loved the world that he what? Gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Jesus' purpose on earth was to pay the sins for all of mankind, for you and for me. Guess what? It doesn't matter about how good you are, about how bad that other people are, or bad you are. The thing is, he's come to fulfill a purpose. And when you sacrifice, when you give of yourself, and you become like him, what is your purpose? Is it so that you can get a, pack, a pat on the back? Is it so that you can get the, 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 the plaque and the award? 
the recognition, the popularity, I suggest to you it shouldn't be for any of those three reasons. But it ought to be because you are, in, you are on the right team. You're on the team Jesus, all right? He says, I'm sending you out into the world like, she, like sheep, sheep among wolves. I want you to understand they're going to try to gobble you up. But you're not going out without a force. You see, I am with you wherever you go. And you could be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. It doesn't matter where you go. I'm going to be there for you. Listen, Satan is real. He's alive and well. Not well. <laughs> he exists. But the thing is, is that to deny his existence doesn't make things better for you. We shouldn't be overly concerned that you're going to walk around the corner and demons are going to jump on you. <laughs> but you should be very much aware that what Christ accomplished on the cross put him at bay. You should be very much aware of the fact that because of what Jesus did, you have a power that is not of this world. You have divine weapons to pull down to demolish the strongholds, those things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. What I'm talking about is he sacrificed. He did those things for you and for me so that we can be able to live above that, right? Sacrifice is so important because the sacrifice that he paid for us will allow for you to uh, achieve your intended purpose. It did for him and it, did for, it will for you and me. The fourth thing is this sacrifice will tear down barriers. I'm going to move in a different passage, but still describing the same event of the things that was taking place when Jesus was there upon the cross. We find in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, that at the very moment of his death, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. This is a huge curtain. It was there in, in just before the Holy of Holies, and we, we find that the only way it, no one could go into that particular area, one priest once a year to offer the sacrifices for all of the saints, right? All of the, the, the people there, all of the, the Jews at that time. And we find that he, he would go in there, but guess what? At the time of his death, Jesus says, I'm going to give access to not just some, but to all. He says, I'm going to sacrifice myself. And when because of the sacrifice that happened, it tore down the barriers. And we have access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he says, listen, you need to do something differently than what you've done before. You need to come before me boldly because you believe that I am for you and not against you. Because I am working all things together for your good. Amen. You need to get to the place where you recognize that I, you can have instant access to me. You don't have to depend upon some physical red phone, all right, to pick up. You see, my spirit is there with you, within you, amen? He has been invited in, and you are now the new temple of the Holy Spirit, amen? I mean, come on, think about this access. Think about this right of privilege because of this sacrifice that he did. He tore down the barrier, and people who were walking around feeling all condemned and feeling like they can never live up to the expectations of God, feeling dirty. I mean, if they got into a certain disease, they were dirty. If they had leprosy, as we talked about last week, they couldn't come into contact with people. But now, because of what Jesus did on the cross, because of his sacrifice, they could lift up their head, and they could look at those priests, and they couldn't say, see, I'm back. 
better than you, but can say, I can have access just like you did. Amen. And I don't have to wait to be right. I don't have to be right, wait to be perfect. Instead, because of the price that he paid, because of the sacrifice that he did, it took great effort for that curtain to be torn by anything natural. But in a moment's notice, in a moment's time, it was torn in two from the top to the bottom. I want you to understand something. Jesus wants to tear down the barriers that have, that's causing a disunity, a divisiveness that's happening even within the body of Christ. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11, Paul talking about three fighting groups that were able to achieve peace because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. The Jews were fighting against the Gentiles. Mankind was fighting against God. I mean, it, all these things were going on. Jesus' sacrifice provided a way so that there could be an end to it all. And even when they thought that they had a handle on it, even when, when Peter thought that he had it all together, he still had to have some inner working that was, that was going on, right? Paul had to expose him, amen? Had to say, listen, you, don't you remember the assignment that you've been given? Don't you remember when you were sent over to Cornelius' house and you gave this message to the Gentiles and now you're walking around, around all high and mighty and you're finding yourself where you're, you're feeling really good about your heritage. Let me tell you something about your heritage. It don't mean nothing without what Jesus Christ accomplished on the cross. You see, you may be a Jew by birth, but the greatest bloodline that you can have is one that's found because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? You and I know, you and I know that, 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 that because of the word of God, because of what Jesus has done on the cross, listen, you cannot look at your achievements. You cannot look at how successful you are in life and say, now look at me, and this is why I am better than so-and-so. Listen, you got to get to the place to where you realize that we're all carved out of the same stuff. It's called dirt. Amen? Hello. We're, we're dirty. We are earthen vessels, nothing special about us. But because of his sacrifice, he removed this barrier and allowed us to have this access. Listen, there's people who have fights over the silliest things. They form alliances. They fight over favorite dishes. They fight over college football. Moment of silence, please. <laughs> the foolishness of it all that someone is more loyal to one particular school because they like their colors. <laughs> Never been to a particular school in all of your life. Have no association with it whatsoever. But I'm a Michigan fan. I'm a Michigan State fan. I am a, I can't even get the words coming out of my mouth. Somebody who needs some intercessions would say that they were Buckeye fans. Congratulations. Amen. But can you see it for a moment? All of the silly, divisive things that happen. We fight over yards. We fight over clothes. We fight over makeup. We fight. I mean, well, think about all the silly things and the arguments that we have in families. And with neighbors and at work, people quit a job because they go to the job and they say, you know what? I'm tired of being the only one there that's working. 
Now think about that for a moment. I think you're being paid to work. I, 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 I think you know, not to measure what everybody else is doing. You're not paying to get by with as little as you can do in order to be good at what you do. Amen. You're being paid to work. So if you're working more than somebody else, how about believing in the principle that God will reward you. Amen. That God will take care of you when you do things as unto him. Amen. Oh, it's a little quiet. You all want fairness, right? You're just wanting fairness. You want to, uh, well, you know, that's what we ought to do, right? Listen, sacrifice has nothing to do with fairness. Jesus didn't look and say, you know what? It's fair that I would sacrifice myself for the people who don't even want to ex- receive me or accept me. Because of his sacrifice, he tore down those barriers. Some of you haven't spoke with loved ones. And you know what? It's been over the littlest, silliest things. And all we need to do sometimes is make one person who would make the first move. And without coming up with any excuses whatsoever, just said, I don't know what it was all about, but I love you. I don't know how we work this out. I don't know how we get past this. But this that I know is that I don't want this issue to stop me from having a relationship with you any longer. Is that too big of an ask? Is that too big of a sacrifice? Can only the perfect people like Jesus do that? Or can anybody do that? You see, I want to take you to this next part, point here. Sacrifice will shake the world. It will shake the world. Look with me in Matthew chapter 27, verse 51, the latter part of that verse. Right after the curtain was torn, it says the earth shook and the rocks split. I love it there in Acts chapter 17, what happened when, when uh, the disciples had, it, it was finding themselves being dragged. Amen. The Apostle Paul was being dragged. It says, uh, verse uh, 17, but when they f- did not find them, they dragged Jason and some other brothers before the city officials, shouting, these men who have caused trouble all over the world have come here now. And Jason has welcomed them into this house, and they are all defying Caesar's c- decrees, saying that there is another king, one called Jesus. They basically went on and says, they are turning our world upside down. Because of this message, they're upsetting our fruit basket. They're upsetting our customs. And you know what? We don't want that to happen. How many of you know that the enemy, this world that's controlled by the enemy, this world right now that has been given over to the enemy, all right, we get to go back in and take away from what has been given to the enemy. We get to go into the area and say, yeah, this is the way that it used to be, but there's a new sheriff in town, amen, and his name is Jesus, and I happen to be his under-shepherd, and I'm coming in so that the captain can be set free. I'm coming in so the blind will be able to have uh, their eyes open. The blinders will be removed. Amen. I'm going to turn some things upside down. How about you? Do you want to shake up the world? Do we really want to make a difference in the world? Because that's what we're, our vision is to make a difference. And the only way in which we need to do that is we need to sacrifice something. Do you want to shake up Muskegon? Then guess what? What are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to pray about? What are you willing to give up? Do you want to shake up your marriage? Do you want something different than what, different than what are you willing to do so that something can happen different in your marriage? 
something different in your kids' lives. What are you willing to do? What are you willing to sacrifice? I'm not talking about something that's easy. I'm not talking about something that everybody else is doing. Are you willing to do what my mother-in-law was willing to do, that she would gather together with the youth pastor at that particular time? And while that was as lost as lost could be, she gathered together with that youth pastor on a weekly basis and says, will you agree with me? Will you fast a meal a week so that we can believe that my daughter will be set free? Will you put oil upon the tops of their doors? Will you put it upon their pillows? Will you anoint their clothes? When you see them, will you be kind to them even when they're not kind to you? Because that's what sacrifice is. And sacrifice made a difference in my wife's life. Sacrifice will make a difference in yours. i like for those who are going to serve communion to get ready to get ready to give this last point here. God calls us to something in Romans chapter 12. He says, I want you to be living sacrifices. Praise team, you can take your place as well, please. He says, I want you to get ready to be living sacrifices. For many of us, that's a hard thing for us to get our minds around because we automatically think of something that has to be dead in order to be a sacrifice. You can no longer have access to a certain resource once you give it up. And that's why there's this mourning process. You see, sacrifice betrays the selfish thoughts. Sacrifice shows what you value more than anything else. You've heard it said that when will people change? And it's been said over and over again. They will change when the pain of staying the same, it hurts too much, right? It just hurts too much to stay the same. And that's when someone else will choose a different path. I wonder who's willing to sacrifice and say it's not so much that I'm afraid of the, the pain. I, I, instead, I, I willingly choose the pain so I can lay down my life so that others can be able to have access to something that they otherwise couldn't if I didn't sacrifice my time. If I didn't sacrifice my resources, my finances. I'm telling you, we're praying for revival. Many people say, I'm praying for I want our last day revival. And we don't realize we are the revival. We are the Spirit of God who's put, put His Spirit in us to go and do something. Amen? You see, when you sacrifice, you will be part of bringing dead things to life. That's what Jesus did. In, in, in verse number 52, in the same text as we carry on now, the tombs broke open and the bodies of the many holy people who had died were raised to life. They came out of the tombs and after Jesus' resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I'm talking about a crazy event, right? And I've heard Christians say over and over again, oh, to be in those days. Those days when the dead were being raised from life. 
from, from de- being, when the dead were being raised to life. And they're, they're just like all excited about that. And, and, and we hang our heads and we're just like, oh my goodness, when the miracles will return, when the power of God will come back, when, you know, I mean, that's when we'll know we're going to be in revival and, you know, when we're able to do what Smith Wigglesworth did. And, and, and we're just so sad. We're so sad. When there isn't anywhere where Jesus said you ought to measure your success based upon how many miracles are happening about how many dead were being raised. It happened to be a byproduct of something else. And it said these signs and wonders will follow those who believe. Who believe what? How about getting our eyes off the signs and wonders and getting our eyes upon being the living sacrifices that he's called us to be. Amen. How about saying, you know what, it isn't for my gain. I don't want any notoriety out of that. Do you know how difficult it would be for you to raise someone from the dead and not get the credit? I'm not saying this shouldn't happen. But I'm just telling you, do you really realize what you're asking for if you say, that's how I want to be used? Come on. This is what I want more than anything. I want to open blind eyes. And guess what? They started publishing news articles about you, right? Go to Estes. She can spit in your eyes. You can start to see. And Estes is like, oh, no, it's not me. It's God. It really is. But thank you for letting me, you know. You, you know what I'm saying? It'd be so hard. And I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm just wondering if it ought to happen because we're just out doing what he told us to do, and that is to be living sacrifices, believing that when we offer our lives and we lay them down for him in a, in a living sense, that all of a sudden dead people will come to life. The dead will be raised up. Can you imagine walking there in the streets? Someone who was once dead coming out. Can you imagine that in Jesus' time? Oh, we put you in that tomb. What in the world? What's going on here? Jesus sacrificed, and the dead were raised. I still believe that happens today, but it, it happens for his glory, his honor. It happens not for yours and for mine. I'm much more concerned about being the living sacrifice. I'm much more concerned that, that when people see that I'm willing to, to trust him with all of my resources and all of my time, that something can take place. And someone could say, you know what, I see the dedication that you have. I see the commitment that you have. And it's not to worldly gain. It's not the popularity. You must really believe in lifting him up, exalting him. You must believe that when you do that, that it will draw people unto him. Yeah, I do.